sure. I wish I was with Jesse's Gundam. <laughs> Jesse's Gundam. everybody, welcome back to Elder Speak, the official podcast for Elder-Geek.com. We're on episode 23 here, and I am Gavin, returned to be your host for this week. I am news editor for the site, and with me this week is Jesse, one of our staff writers. Say hi, Jesse. Hi. We have Kip, our uh, PR director. Hi. And we have Matt, our senior slash features editor and all-around awesome admin. <laughs> hey. By the way, Gavin, your voice sounds spectacular. You're so, so smooth today. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, uh, we're going to go into the news now. Um, I'm going to actually toss it off to Kip here. He's going to walk us through the major headlines of this week. Go, um, Take it away, Kip. Okay, first off, this week, uh, we got Nintendo with a possible $50 price drop. Uh, I feel like I'm having deja vu of the PS3 Slim. Uh, we got a Best Buy ad emerged and a few other ads have emerged from around the world, putting the Nintendo Wii at 199 and I say about time. What do you say, Mots? Uh, I'm going to have to agree with that, yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's it's it was over, overpriced from the start, but... Um, but, you know, seeming as the Xbox 360 Arcade is 199 I just really don't see an excuse for them to, to keep going with it. Except, you know, they're making money. So, yeah, I hope it's right. What do you think, Gavin? Um, I think software salons have correlated with the current price. So, um, from a marketing standpoint, it was the right time. And definitely from a consumer standpoint, it's been long overdue. But then again... Um, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm just going to stick with that then. I think it was long overdue, but I, I think from a business standpoint, they hit it right on the nail, uh, on the head. Hmm. Hmm. And uh, Jesse, what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's a good idea, especially with the holiday season coming up and the other two price drops, um, just so they can keep their heads in the game, even though they're doing mm-hmm. very well already. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's an insurance policy for them, you know. Definitely. I don't think that they their um, their um, sales would necessarily decrease that much. Certainly uh, compared to last year, yes. But I think that probably still sell the most units, even though they even if they didn't decrease the price. But I, I think it's a nice way for them to just sort of keep the momentum going. Um. Quick question: uh, How come do you? Why do you think gamers and just people in general haven't been clamoring for the Wii price drop like they've been clamoring for the PS3 price drop? Well, because the people who buy Wii's mostly don't pay attention to it, don't mm-hmm. really focus on the price that much. They see it as um, worth the fun they're getting out of it, and and that's about it. 
um, and and the ones that do, you know, really care about the Wii price drop, aren't really vocal. I mean, the most of the people who want the 360 to drop price or the PS3 to drop price, they still don't have that console, uh, and they're probably hardcore gamers, which means they're probably active on the forums and the message boards mm-hmm. and you know all that stuff. So, ironically, I I, th- I actually disagree with that. I think that the uh, the People who clamor for the price drops already do have the consoles. You do? Hmm. Yeah. Can you go I further into that, just, Kip? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I know that me, myself, uh, owning a PlayStation 3, I was like really excited for them to have a price drop simply because it's going to increase the user base. And therefore, better games and more games are going to come out for the PS3. And honestly, the people who are on the forums, the hardcore gamers, if they don't have an Xbox 360 or a PS3 by now, then chances are they need to relinquish their hardcore gamer uh, title, I would say. True, true. But, you know, they'll they'll have one of them and they'll want the other one. That's basically yeah. the, the the feel I've gotten from it, where you know you have Xbox gamers that are really starting to get, you know, starting to envy the 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 library on the PS3. Um, yeah, that, and, I'm in that boat. Yeah, and they they want the the PS3 to drop price so they can afford it, but yeah. you know, it didn't. I I tell now. I definitely think the difference between the Wii price drop and the PS3 price drop is perceived value. Um, the Wii has always been a a standard purchase. I mean, pretty much anyone could scrounge up for a while and afford it. Now it's it, at a 199. It's an impulse buy, which in which will uh, um, help sales. But in terms of the PS3, I think people have always perceived the value, not necessarily from launch, but definitely from 2000, late 2007, 2008. And there really was a um, impasse between them and affordability. So um, I think there was not necessarily a majority, but there was a definite general consumer clamoring for the price drop just be uh, just for the common sense reason of they need to afford it in order to get it yeah and i mean you're talking to a guy that bought it on launch the the ps3 i mean yeah uh for you know 600 bucks which um up here is uh, actually well what it costs up here is actually closer to a thousand so um you know and i'm I guess I'm a hardcore gamer, so so to some people, price just doesn't matter. Just we need to have it. So I, I definitely see your point there, Kip. Yeah. Um. I would honestly, I would actually say that I, I ended up paying for my initial PS3 that I got. I think I ended up paying six hundred dollars for it mm. in U.S. dollars, of course, talking about. Um. And I, I have gotten far more than six hundred dollars worth of entertainment out of it. So. Yeah, and I think that's true for most consoles. Um, you know, yeah. maybe the the standard family doesn't drag out the Wii that much, but you know, the Wii fan definitely mm-hmm. gets that the the value out of the box, and so does the Xbox fan and the PC fan. Uh, it just it it's up to you to get that value out of it. It's not necessarily inherently. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on. Uh, in other news, uh, two leaked and confirmed. That's an Elder Geek staff favorite, from what I understand. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. so. Indeed. I mean, I personally personally haven't played it that much, but I, Randy loves the game, and I, and I played it a bit, but, you know, my PC sucked back then, so yeah. I, I think it looked good, and I, I'd wanted to... to I, I was definitely looking forward to the console version, but seeming as that's not going to happen now, I'm probably just going to go for this one. I, I don't understand how... Like, what happened with the cancellation? Like, the expansion got cancelled for it? No, I think 
Gavin, do you know? Um, well, they had expansions for it. They had the um, expanded edition and the director's cut, but what was canceled was the port to the console, uh, The Witcher Rise of the White Wolf. And it was it. just a direct console version of it, and it was scrapped for, um, I believe, just payment issues. Um, the development studio felt that they um, they were missed schedule payments, and they ceased production of it. Mm. Whereas um, now we have Witcher 2, which feels, um, since it is confirmed, um, for PC, PS3, and 360, it seems that a lot of energy just poured, went directly from the Wise of the White Wolf into The Witcher 2. And I think the subtitle for The Witcher 2 is Assassins of Kings, which is mm-hmm. rather interesting. But yeah, I'm, I'm majorly excited for it. I love the game. It was the one that I could play when I was at a friend's house who had a decent enough PC because my PC setup is a five-year-old laptop. So, <laughs> But uh, through occasional play, it was it was one of the deepest RPGs and definitely... Once the expansion came out, um, it was just a really fantastic experience. So I'm looking forward to it, and especially now that I can get it on console without having to buy a major NPC. That, yeah, that game just seemed like it would work better on the consoles, especially with the com- com- combat. Absolutely, yeah. It just it doesn't really lend itself to a mouse, I think. The, on- the only deterrent from the console version was the um, the menu system, where it had like a dozen menus for everything. And with the expansion packs, they've kind of streamlined it, and I can imagine they're going to further streamline it for Witcher 2, which just means the, the one major factor that wouldn't work on console will not work on console. So... Well, I mean, Again. you're you're assuming that it's even slightly the same kind of game. They could change it yeah. completely. So they could. I mean, all we have here is um, an alpha build of the game, so there's still a lot up for grabs. But mm-hmm. um, CD Projekt Red, the developers, um, in one game, have established a pretty good credo. So, but then again, uh, we'll just keep an eye out for any further details. Yep. All right, moving on. Uh, Sony attacks BBC Watchdogs uh, PS3 hardware failure report. And from what I understand, what exactly happened, BBC Watchdog is a show? Yep. Mots? Okay, BBC it's, Watchdog it's, is a show. It, it's, a, it's a user, um, you know, consumer-oriented sort of help show where they sort of review uh, different products and, and tell people what to stay away from, what to gravitate towards, and all that stuff. Well, I... Okay. I, I just... I mean, is the show funded by Microsoft? I mean... I t- <laughs> no. I don't understand why. Like, okay, obviously, the Red Ring of Death um, is very prevalent and obvious, and the Yellow Ring or whatever Yellow Light of Death is is not quite as obvious. Although I did get that myself, so I just I don't understand. And from what I understood, they took only three PS3s to do this, or yeah, two point from- five million in the BBC or in the um, UK in England. Yeah. Well, from what I understand, the whole yellow light error thing for the PS3s is only about uh, 1.3% failure rate or something. It, it's really low. It's it, it's it's you know acceptably low. Uh, while they made it out, they were supposed to have made it out to be some sort of huge hardware failure. Yeah. Um, and basically, what Sony did was they sent them before the episode even aired. They sent them a huge list. You know. Uh, deconstructing their whole investigation and pointing out the faults and all that stuff. So, I don't. I haven't watched the episode myself. I don't even know if it ever went on air. But um, from what I can tell, they fucked up pretty pretty badly. BBC, that is. Yeah. But, I don't know. It just seems to. It just seems to me that it's. 
I, I, I just don't even understand that. I, I don't understand what, like, well, I think three consoles, like, that seems to, I think that has the lowest failure rates. So I just, I just don't get that, I guess. I think there's a lot of, you know, um, you know how the PS2 had a pretty big failure rate. I think there's a lot yeah. of you know negative feelings about Sony in general in the hardware market, and um, and I mean these guys are probably veterans of the industry, and you know know how you know know the history of everything. So I think they probably were looking for a problem a little bit too hard, and when they yeah. should have you know, focused on something else. Hmm. Um, from what I'm gauging from um, GameIndustry.biz, the show did air. And um, the note did not necessarily take it off, but it is a um, taxpayer-funded, um, so theoretically independent show. But the um, said independent leanings were questioned in Ray McGuire, uh, Ray McGuire, the um, Sony rep um, letter that he sent. So, but yeah, the oh. show did air. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll leave it up to you guys to, I mean, users, I mean, uh, listeners, if you watch the show to, to comment on the post of the podcast and tell us what you thought. Uh, but um, I, I think this is pretty um, suspect. Yeah. Okay. Um, next topic on the uh, list here is Bethesda versus Interplay. Yep. Yeah, see. <laughs> That's... Um, well, just the general gist of the situation here. Um, uh, Bestsoft um, is suing Interplay over breach of contract and several other accounts. Um, basically, the deal with Interplay and Bethesda were um, Bethesda gets the rights to future installments to um, the Fallout franchise, hence Fallout 3, and Interplay was given the rights to a Fallout massive multiplayer online game with the intention that um, some sort of near-finished build would be completed within two years. Uh, it's been two years since that agreement, and Interplay has not come up with anything. So Bethesda is taking the natural progression to trying to dis- um, dissolve their contract with them um, for this reason. Mm. I mean, a Fallout MMO was a great idea, and I was looking forward to it, so I'm sad that pretty much, even if this court date is settled out of court, that's pretty much not going to happen. But Jesse, um, otherwise, it just seems like a natural progression of contract here. Jesse, you've been playing a bunch of Fallout lately. What do you think? Would it work? An MMO? Um, as an MMO, um, it's the, pretty much the same build as uh, Oblivion, and I think Oblivion would have worked as an MMO really well, so I don't see why not. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I, I just, I guess I'm just worried about the whole, you know, the Fallout mythos, um, the Fallout world being sort of uh, put on the, uh, you know, on the back burner. Kind of bastardized. Yeah. I think a lot of people are thinking about that in Bioshock as well. It was a really good single-player experience, and we're not sure how exactly multiplayer will feel. But I think if um, Fallout would have taken the same route as Bioshock and just created an entirely new experience and not necessarily reference much of the story, I think it could have worked. I mean, um, yeah, but that, at even, that point, even don't Fallout, just say, but that, even Fallout is pretty populated. At that point, though, don't you just say why Fallout? Because mm. if it's if it doesn't have any part of the original games in it, then you know why not just make a new IP besides sales? Well, I mean, that's an argument you can make for pretty much a. Pretty much, um, a lot of standard franchises that have been going on now. I mean, why not just cut out the uh, the innovation within the same franchise and create a new one? But mm. I think the main draw for a Fallout MMO, um, even if story go- story goes on the wayside, is the atmosphere. 
And I think that I think a major point of contention is will that atmosphere also dissipate when you have a couple dozen or however many people running around, you know, typing lead speak around in it. And I think that was a a a reasonable complaint. But with this uh, court, these court meanderings, I doubt we're going to see any sort of um, complete resurrection of the project. (laughs) It just got me thinking. Did you say, did you say earlier, why would they not call it a new IP besides sales? Um, I think I did. Yeah. So, so basically why would, why would you, if you removed every part of this, of the franchise from the game, but just kept the name, then that's obviously just to increase the sales of the game. Exactly. So what other reason do they need? True. But isn't that sort of, isn't it our job to sort of question that? Uh, I mean, yeah, well, sure, I, don't, but, I don't think we're questioning point, it point. as much as arriving as an answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's already automatically assumed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, ideally, I mean that's, that's the answer. There's no reason other than that. Mm. Ideally, we would want, we wouldn't want that, but from a business standpoint, that's one of the most obvious um, mm. conclusions to arrive at. Yeah. I agree. So, um, I mean, I yeah. argue that's the reason for Mario's success over the last two decades. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you actually got me thinking. Um, I'm really looking forward. If, if there is a Fallout 3 MMO, I'm really looking forward to the to, to the role playing servers where where they have they'll have the people talking, you know, 50s, using 50s yeah. dialects and 50s words and all that stuff, <laughs> being really strict about it. And if you don't, if you use a modern word, you'll be banned. <laughs> and in Moss, what were the 50s like in Sweden? In or Norway? I, I always fucking Sweden. I mean Norway. Uh post war. Just cleaning up, cleaning up the place. No, so there weren't any poodle skirts. <laughs> what? <laughs> America, I think America, like America, it was like this time of like moral, moralness and like poodle skirts and innocence and whatnot. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, like, well, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, it was Fallout without yeah. the Fallout. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had the Fallout. You know, we got bombed to hell. So. <laughs> Oh, that's nice, kid. Realistic. I laugh at your post. I laugh at your post-war tragedies. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we were we were just enjoying all the money we took. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> it was about twice okay. as successful as the 1920s. But okay, okay. Kip, let's. What's next on our news list? Uh, Mr. Shane Kim is retiring from Microsoft. Voluntarily, yep. I might add. But then again, him saying voluntary doesn't necessarily mean completely voluntary. But yeah, isn't he the guy that made the uh, the comment on on some sort of I think it was NeoGaf, uh, the forum, um, you know, defending the Xbox with some very unpolitical words. Hmm. I, I I'm not really sure. I'd have to look that up personally. But uh, uh, either way, he's just he's kind of a voice for the for Microsoft overall. I mean, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he made a career out of defending the Xbox 360. So, yeah. especially this generation, he was a very calm, centered voice um, for the system, and and st- uh, he didn't often um, fall down to you know playground taunts that we all want to see, like the, um, the like no, no direct comp- console comparisons. But he was just like speaking very straightforwardly. This is what Xbox got, and th- these are our strengths, and we're going to work on them. So I think that was a major draw for him. But then. 
Um, and he also yeah. he also held held positions before my before the Xbox even existed within Microsoft. Yeah, uh, he he'd actually worked there for 19 years total. Yeah. So, but he um, I think he really came to the forefront in this generation as the uh, the voice for the system, whereas Sony had Jack Trenton and um, everything else. So I think he was the major face. Over but again, Peter, over Peter Moore, I don't no. think I think Peter Moore was the main face for Microsoft, but. Oh, I, okay. Who's the new guy? Who's the who's the guy for the Natal thing? <laughs> yeah. Peter Mola, whatever. Mola. Peter no, yeah. no, the other guy, the one that went bam. The Kapow guy. Yeah. Look, look at my foot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No idea who that is. I, I'm guessing he's going to be a major player. <laughs> I, I like him though. <laughs> yeah. <foot>. Wow. So. <laughs> I think is his name Shane something. I can't remember Shane something I believe. Oh, actually, well, actually, sorry, it wasn't Shane Kim. It was Jeff Bell, and he got fired afterwards. Oh, what do you, what did he say? Um, something about how uh, the the forum user that said something negative about um, Xbox or whatever had, um, uh, you know, what had had he, you know, contributed to society and mm. uh, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> wow! I can't get the right quote, but I'm remembering it now. That's ridiculous. Yep. Well, he got fired, so whatever. Had it, had enough. Yep. Had enough, I guess. Yeah. Um, was his name actually? I think uh, the the guy I was thinking of, his name is Kudo Tusnado. That sounds. Yes. Yeah, that sounds familiar. We'll just call him Kudo. Yep. Kudo, look at my foot. Kapow. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, on September 19th, it is Talk Like a Pirate Day, and that's today. In, in honor. No, that's tomorrow. Sorry. That is tomorrow. In honor. Today for me. Talk Like a Pirate's Day. Until <laughs> games be given away, Free Monkey Island Episode One for 24 hours on PC. <laughs> on the PC. <laughs> yeah. I thought this is how Kip, Kip talks normally forever. Yeah. Just, yeah. just Actually, our I, voice. I, I go into this voice only for the podcast. No, no, isn't this the voice you use on the on your ses- sessions? Yes. Uh, <laughs> how do you feel? <laughs> um, tell me about your dreams. Did you hear about the pirate? Did you hear about the pirate with the steering wheel shoved down his pants? <laughs> I don't know, but it's driving me nuts. Classic <laughs> joke. I congratulate you, Tip. Thank you. Awesome. But yeah, so, launch of the Screaming um, Narwhal 3. Go pick up Free Monkey Island, Episode 1, tomorrow. I would. If you don't, you're not a gamer. <laughs> if you don't, oh, you're not a gamer. Don't, yeah, so do it that, tomorrow. That's even worse than me not playing... Um, uh, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Star Fox 64. Time out. Let's have a vote. Which game should Mots have played? <laughs> Tales of Monkey Island or Star Fox 64? <laughs> yeah, I, think I gotta go to Star Fox. Yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. I'm gonna have to agree with the room here. Star Fox 64, man. <laughs> Uh, all right. I didn't even, even own a 64, and I managed a, a couple playthroughs of that bad boy. Everybody did. 
<laughs> okay, Mots. Yep. How, what have you done this week to get yourself closer <laughs> to fighting Andros? Uh, well, uh, I don't know what that means, but uh, I have bought the game. And you have? Yes, and it's sitting in a, on my table thingy. Well, so, and what's, why are you on the podcast right now? Well, you know, uh, it's sort of my job, but whatever. <laughs> Andros's enemy is my enemy. My favorite line. Sorry. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, so we know Mop will be doing barrel roll after the podcast. Yeah. New barrel. New barrel. Use the boost okay. to get through. <laughs> so everyone, regardless of playing Star Fox 64, after everyone in the gaming community has done so, make sure to pick up Tales of Monkey Island, launch of the Screaming Narwhal for free. Tomorrow, talk like a pirate day. Yar. Yar. So, I think that does it for the news. Yar. We're going to move right into our week in Geek, and I think uh, Jesse's going to have the uh, honors of going first here. Uh, what did you do this, this past week, Jesse, that was really geeky? Uh, this week, um, trying to fix my computer and playing many hours of Dynasty Warriors Gundam 2. Whoa. Sweet. What? I don't think any of us are... Uh, wait, we can't match that. <laughs> no. Shit. You just won the podcast. Yep. <laughs> Congratulations. So how is it? Um, it's alright. I wouldn't say it's as good as the rest of the Dynasty Warriors series, but Wait. There's a lot there's a lot to do. Uh you've played all of them? Most of them. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Isn't there isn't there like two hundred of them? <laughs> oh, um probably not that many, but quite a few. Yeah. Um, I think we have the name of the podcast this week, Mots. I'm listening. Do you want to know what it is? I prob- well, how am I going to type it out if, if I don't? Are you ready? Uh, sure. I wish I was with Jesse's Gundam. <laughs> Jesse's Gundam. And we have our yeah, intro as well. I like that. See, you, you, Kip, you're just my gift. You, you do everything. I don't have to do anything. I know. I have an intro. I have I, against the wall currently, <laughs> <laughs> trying to deafen that sound from my from my brain. <laughs> Thank you, Kip. You're welcome. All right, Kip. Jesse's fronting. How are you gonna How are you gonna back that? How are you gonna back your shit up? What you I've doing this week? Really the other way. I'd totally been casual gaming it up like crazy. I uh, I yeah. saw Rock Band Two at a pawn shop for PlayStation Three, completely brand new. With everything still in the package, untouched, and I got it for 80 bucks, so I picked that up. And I've pretty much been the bigger in the entire world, sitting in my house all by myself, playing Rock Band and it's during the week, and it's been pretty dorky. And then I also went and rented the Beatles Rock Band, which is amazing, and is more of an experience than a Rock Band game, I would say. And our review, I think, I'm pretty sure said worth buying, and I would even like take it a step higher than that. If you're a Beatles fan, you need to own that. <laughs> so, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a lot of hate for this, but I really don't like the Beatles. So yeah, me neither. Yeah, you guys are idiots. Just not my not my thing. <laughs> Although I did pick up Star Queen for the same reason. Huge Queen fan. But yep, again, so what else? What else is going on with you, Kip? That you just rock banding it out? I uh, just I rock banded it out. Um, you know what I absolutely hate? The end of. Uh, Blondie, uh, God damn it! What's the name of the song? Uh, one way or another. One way or another. The end of that song. I just hate playing it so much, <laughs> and it's so hard. So. It's annoying as hell on the vocals too. 
Oh my god. So yeah, I, I never sing. I just kind of play along on the drums and the guitar mostly. But anyway, yeah, that's what I've been up to for the most part. Geeky. I've also been working on the site, which is super geeky. So yeah, well, actually. actually I, yeah. I, you, you kind of reminded me. I didn't play it this week, but I played it last week. Uh, some Rock Band 1, because I'm borrowing it from a friend. Um, what's with the trash songs? Or, or you know, grunge or... Um, what's it called? Punk songs. There's so many of them, and they're, you know, so boring to play, because it's, you know, 4-4 four, four all the way, and, you know, yeah. same yeah. damn uh, guitar riffs all the way. So it, it's yeah. just... I don't I'm not really it. sure why they did that. I, why do I think they want it? Popular nowadays. Yeah. Is it? That's the only reason, man. See, yeah, at least to, in America, it is. To me, you know, uh, punk is basically the worst kind of music you could listen to. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. I don't think so. Why? Why do you think that? It's just so boring, simple. It's all been done a hundred thousand times, and then just doing it again and again and again with slightly different sound on the guitar. That's, well, regardless, I don't think punk is really about the pure mu- the technical standpoint of the music as much as it's about the message. So I would agree with that. Probably the biggest music to focus on the message more than the tune. Yeah, you're probably right about music, that. Which is just Fox News put to music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my life, my my wife let me, so I married my dog. Exactly. That's my that's my summary of all country music ever, except Shania Twain. But Matt, what else did you do this week? Um, well, since Jesse, you know, did a lot of uh, Fallout reviews lately with uh, the expansion packs, uh, it sort of tempted me to go back to Fallout, and, and since I had it on the, my PS3 uh, originally, um, I went out got um, it for the P- PC instead, just to get the, um, the expansion packs, and um, so I've been playing that quite a bit, and um, I'm currently level 7 or, or 8, I think. Um, and I'm 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 not at the point where I'm actually because I had to start again obviously so I'm not at the point where I'm actually doing the expansions but I can already see a lot of differences in that uh, tweaks and gameplay and stuff um, so uh, I really like it um, I I haven't done one single quest that I had done on my previous campaign on, on the PS3 I've just done all kinds of different quests and I'm I'm surprised at the depth of that game that you know I'm going places I never even knew existed before. Um, so yeah, that's good, as always. Um, also, on the request of Randy, I'm actually going to talk a bit more about music. And it's not particularly geeky, because uh, it's kind of mainstream, uh, but it's the new Muse album. album. Um, and I love Muse, so um, um, that is the kind of music people should listen to. They innovate every single song, and it's just so amazing. Um I'm not, I'm not going to talk at length about at length about it, but I'm just going to say buy the new Muse, Muse album. It, it came out a few days ago, and it's called The Resistance. It's awesome. Now, I'm I'm a person who has not liked the Muse in the past. Right? Well, I like this album. Uh, this is very different from from older Muse. Um, it is progressive music, so obviously it's going to be different. That's mm-hmm. the whole genre. But uh, this is this is not uh, so much distortion and guitar and stuff. This is more symphonies and melodies and stuff like that. Uh, I like Jason Muse. Will I like this album? <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I didn't get that. Silent, you know, Jay and Silent Bob. Oh yeah. Jay, yeah. his real name is Jason Muse. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you will not like this. <laughs> Newbies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, right. I'll just run through my week real quick before we get to the question of the week. Um, like Kip, I have been rock banding it out. Um, I actually picked up the online deal, uh, rockband79.com. I got um, the rock band package, the original one, which included all the instruments and um, the original rock band, in addition to rock band 2, and not to my knowledge until I received the package, uh, the ACDC live track pack. So that's awesome. Um, my only deterring factor is I picked up all the instruments and I don't own a screwdriver, so I cannot undo the back of my guitar and put in batteries to actually use the guitar. So I've been singing my way through Rock Band and Rock Band songs and Rock Band 2, but it's still been a very fun experience. And what stops you from going and buying a screwdriver? <laughs> laziness, my friend. Sheer, oh. unadulterated laziness. But um, since I actually don't go to school until next week, I, I have a pretty long summer. I have been playing my ass off through several titles just to get some reviews on the side. I've been going through Mass Effect for my third playthrough, Fable 2 for my second playthrough. Um, and I, like I mentioned earlier, I bought Thinkstar Queen. Um, just oh. getting a ton of gaming out of the way before I have to go back to school and never play games for an, for an enjoyable period of time ever again. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you! I can't believe you got started. I'm in. I'm going into my fifth week of school right now. <laughs> nope, <laughs> that's the greatness of the UC system. Not until September 24th, baby. But um, yeah, I also you, play. When, when do you guys go till in the summer? Till June? Yeah, about June. Oh yeah, then we're out. Yeah, we get out in beginning of May. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try that. But, um, <laughs> Probably a main thing that's up on the site right now is I played through Rise of the Argonauts and got a review on that site. And mm. I had been wanting to love the game since its teaser trailer so oh so long ago. And it was it's just a very sad, sad experience if you wanted to like it. you want to like the game. It I think it has a better dialogue system than the Mass Effect. It it one up Mass Effect, but everything else is just so boring and tedious and poorly done that you just can't appreciate it. It's supposed to be a sad, sad story as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the story is well-written and it's well-paced, but it's um, done through, like Mass Effect's uh, character model interaction, but the character models barely, rarely move, and the voice acting is done very mediocre to subpar. So it you're really just listening to the story, and it defeats the whole purpose of having an interactive medium. Mm. It's, mm. it's very depressing. Mm. But again, my full... My field views are in the review that's available on the site right now. But would you what say you that about the, the, go ahead, I'm sorry, Miles. Would you say the story is good enough that it could function as in another medium? Absolutely. I mentioned yeah, it's a gorgeous novel. Um, it would be a, yeah, it would even work as a sort of mini series like Rome or um, some somewhere similar medium, but as a video game, uh, the combat, the exploration and even the graphics are done very shoddily. Okay. I might actually check that out, because I, I don't really mind bad gameplay if the story is good enough. Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to test your limit, the limits of that belief, Mons, but the story is worth it for the masochistic gamer that I am, and I know that other people are. So those are the only people that can really get enough out of it to merit a rental. Okay. But um, really quick, I want to harp on one point before we move on to the question of the week. Mons was talking about Fallout 3 DLC patches. The PS3 version has a release schedule for um, DLC patches starting next week. You're going to get Broken Steel. The week after that, which is October 1st, 
you're going to get two of the pieces, and a week after that, they're going to finish it out with the last two. And a week after that, it's the Game of the Year edition. So, unfortunately, Bethesda's kind of shoving it all at one point. But still, you get it. So, I like how yeah, I like how they do. They're doing the Broken Seal one first. Yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. something more uh, more to my taste. As a kid, since I've owned it uh, since pretty much the game came out, and I've played through it, and I've maxed out my level mm-hmm. and like ha- um, halfway through the story each time. So I'm really looking forward to being able to raise the level cap. Cool. Yeah, Broken Seal is definitely the one they need to release first. Yeah. But I'm well, I heard a lot of stories about people, you know. Uh, uh, doing the first two expansions before Broken Steel came out, and then you know when once Broken Steel came out, the the, the cap was raised to thirty, uh, but they didn't have anything to do, so they couldn't raise the level. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Um, but no, I kind of think that uh, I don't know. Go back to Rise. I want to say this about Rise of the Argonauts. Sure. I I, I think that game. I, I really like how that game looks. I guess. Like, I haven't played it or anything like that, but just by, like, the gameplay I've seen and, like, just how the characters are, how the characters look, I'm, like, really attracted to that. Uh, and I don't really know why. I, I just think that it's not, it doesn't look like everything else. It's you know? slightly like, more, it's not realistic, but it's slightly more realistic. Yeah. That sort of game. Yeah, it's I mean, just, I don't know, it kind of looks like Gladiator. Like, it mm-hmm. obviously looks like that, but it all, I don't know. I think it looks like too. I think it looks a lot like Rome, the miniseries. Yeah, very much so. I mean, there's a lot of detail put into the characters. The textures are terrible at sometimes. Like the first thing you're going to notice about the game is how crappy Hercules' hands look. But Mm -hmm. uh, more than that, um, the game seems to shove your face into its own faults. Like you're going to have these wonderful character models walking on just absolutely poorly rendered backgrounds, or they're just gonna run in. Um, they're just gonna run a uh, run across like glitchy fields or whatever, and it's it's almost like they're shooting themselves. With good thing they do. Isn't but that there is some good left, guys? Let's move into the question of the week here. Um, got a sort of broad topic to mull mull over, dive into marketing campaigns in video games. Um, I'm just gonna open this all up here. We got a ton of um, options to talk about. I'm just gonna toss out that little chunk of topic, and whoever wants to jump on it first, go ahead. Sony baby thing is the headline. Uh, what basically we mean by that is, um, you know, you, you guys remember the old Sony commercial where um, they had the baby doll in the white room? Um, Sorry, guys. Fucking truck drove by. Can't do anything about it. Kip is fucking taking off, man. <laughs> yeah, going, Dude, I just blasted off into space, man. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, um, let me tell, let me tell you about the baby. You want to know why it was a good advertisement? Because I still remember it right now, and I don't remember the last Doritos commercial I saw. Yeah, I like those commercials. That wasn't the only one. They had the uh, they had the whole ones. Like them? <laughs> I didn't like them at all. I thought they were creepy and weird and stupid. Well, but I definitely remember them. Therefore, they are good advertisements. So, yeah. uh, I'm going to disagree. I mean, you had the the uh, commercials in the same line. I think where where you had the narrator explaining how the PS3 worked and how it was so powerful. I think that's uh, you know doing something uh, no other you know advertisement company seems to do is assuming you're 
your viewers have a slight bit of intelligence. Yeah. And I like that. I, I feel like they respect me enough to tell me how it works instead of, you know, oh, it's so awesome, you can play Madden on it, wow. <laughs> well, I think... At what point in the baby commercial... At what point in the baby commercial... No, not the baby... No, what the PlayStation no, does. No, not the baby commercial, but the other commercials in the same line. Yeah, those are all online, though. None of those are actually released on TV. They weren't? Like, parts of them were, and usually it was just like, here's the controller, and here's some eggs. You know what I mean? It, like, they didn't they didn't have that guy's voice in them. Oh, okay. See, so. that's that's the advantage of... Um, or that's the disadvantage of not living in America. I don't know that stuff. But, uh, mm. I, I mean, I like the one with the controller and the eggs, the, the short one, where they just illustrate how it works. I don't see what's wrong with that. Okay, because you're a hardcore gamer, though, and you understood yeah. it. Oh, actually, yeah. yeah. But if I mean, you weren't a hardcore gamer, you haven't played the Wii, and you don't know about motion controls, what the hell do you make of that? Yeah. You know? Well, nothing. But that's, you know, <laughs> the, the system was at 600 buck, bucks at that point. You know, who's, yeah. They're not going to buy it anyway. But yeah, I do see your point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk about the Wii then. Uh, I think the major campaign we all remember from that is the uh, two adorable looking Japanese men showing up <laughs> to random places with Wiimotes going. I, and I will not do the accent for fear of becoming a, a major racist, but we would like to play. And then, of course, they would just show a bunch of people. Just Wait, out how is it racist pretending to talk like them? <laughs> because I would horribly mangle the accent. I would make it seem like I'm trying to make fun of them. Oh, Believe me, okay. I have tried. I, I, within my friends groups, I've tried to emulate it, and it makes them all blush. And these are very, very unoffendable people. So, hmm. but take my word for it. But my my racism is not to, nothing to do with the advertising. But here we have no, you just generally hate Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> but here we have a very general advertising layout where it's like, look at what people do. Then so we're gonna show it, or we're gonna show people waving the remote next to shots of gameplay footage. But very simple, and I think it's very much in line with the Nintendo consumer focus. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it obviously worked. Absolutely. Yeah. You but I think in terms I haven't seen a lot of those commercials. You want to know why? Because they're advertised during the view. Well, yeah, they're not meant for you. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> Sorry, Captain. I don't agree with that. I think they should totally have commercials aimed toward me as well as as well as commercials aimed toward the casual audience, and I think that's a big problem, is that I one know, of the reasons Mad World didn't sell, or No More Heroes didn't sell, or Metroid Prime, or Metroid uh, for the Wii or whatever didn't corruption. sell, excuse me, yeah, Corruption didn't sell, is because they didn't advertise them. So. Yeah, but then again, yeah. I mean, that's not their major audience. They're going exactly where they want to go. Well, and, I mean, they, and the assumption is hardcore gamers will sell themselves the game, and unfortunately that hasn't worked on the Wii, although there has been argument that Mad World has succeeded enough. Um, no. Again, that's a whole different conversation, and no, to us, it hasn't, but Sega has come out and said they're fine with the sales, but then again, a company saying they're fine doesn't necessarily mean anything. But that's a whole other topic. But uh, I think the main point is we aren't their we aren't their audience, no matter what they say at E3. And I, I think I disagree with that out. completely. I think we are their audience, and every I think everybody's their audience. No, but look at it this way: it's it's risk reward. It's much easier and cheaper to fool the casual gamers, or not. I'm not it's not fool, but get them to buy the console than it is to get you to buy the console. Mm-hmm. 
it's just, you know, it makes more sense for them to, to market that way because that's the most profitable way, profitable way for them to market. I'm not saying that's the way it should be for everyone or, you know, that's the way it should be, but I think, I think How come they were smart Nintendo about succeeds? How come Nintendo succeeds while Microsoft and Sony fail? Because Sony definitely advertises toward the casual audience, and so does Microsoft. Um, perceived, uh, you know, they were cheaper out of the gate. You know, uh, once people they, started... Like, no, that, they don't give a shit. Nobody cares how much they cost if you're buying it for your family, dude. Like, um, I would actually that, that, highly disagree with that. I totally I know. People came out and bought the Wii because they wanted to buy a Wii. They didn't buy it because it was the cheapest of the three consoles. I, I actually think that a lot of people did. I'm not saying the majority. I am saying that price majorly factored into the Wii's success comparatively to the 360 and PS3. People who have and never owned a game console own the Wii. So yes. you're, that, that argument doesn't make sense then. People that never owned the game, con- uh, name- game console will automatically go to what's cheapest. That's the basic consumer instinct. No. So yeah, the same thing. The same thing. The same thing happened with the PS2. People who never owned a big game console back then bought the PS2 because it was cheap. No, because it had a DVD player. That's why. <laughs> well, and it well, wanted a DVD the, player. Why <laughs> is the PS3 not one. succeeding when Blu-ray is when it's attached to a Blu-ray? I mean, the, traditionally I, I, the I most was, the hardcore selling console is the cheapest. And the cheapest to produce and the cheapest to sell. And the past, PlayStation has managed that. And this time, it's most definitely over and over, um, over and over, the Nintendo Wii. Okay, then how come the, like, that, that isn't traditionally true, that the cheapest console has not always, has not, not always, always succeeded. But for so most of okay, them are not saying always, and that's not true. Well, PS, wasn't PS1 more expensive than, than, than the 64? Yes, it was. It was, it was. Huh. but but PS2 was the most uh, most uh, or the cheapest one last generation. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pr- been proven once, basically. Yeah. So, um, more more importantly though, I, people go and buy the Wii because it's fun. That fact and matters. It's fun for a family. Yeah. Like that's why people go and buy the Wii, not because it's the cheapest console. So. No, but I'm saying, you know, you have to let people know that it's fun, and that's obviously what they're trying to, what they were doing with the commercials. But I yeah. also think that the word of mouth had a huge impact. I mean, they were on Oprah, they were, you know, on all the talk shows, mm-hmm. and and you know, once people started buying them and seeing what it costs, uh, they just it, it was easier to recommend something like that. Yeah, versus a six hundred dollar big black behemoth. Why does Oprah? Why does Oprah allow the Wii to be on her show, but not allow the PlayStation Three? Well, because it has less violent, violent games, and it's a more yeah. family-oriented console. And and that's what I'm saying. Sony, Sony, and Microsoft both have games that are meant for families and meant for casual gamers that could be showed on those shows. But I would like to know why Nintendo has succeeded in that category, and Sony and Microsoft has failed. I think it might be because they have cemented themselves in that category, where Microsoft and Sony still... Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, you know, Microsoft and Sony, when they first launched the consoles, it was all about um, the, you know, Gears of War and uh, Metal Gear and all those kinds of hardcore games, and then, you know, once in a while, Madden. Uh, whereas, you know, Sony only recently started doing, you know, iPad, Little Big Planet, um, SingStar, you know, all that stuff. And... Yeah. and um, 
and Microsoft, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say that they failed with the whole, you know, um, seeing it and all that stuff, but they're trying mm-hmm. to make up for it now with uh, 1 versus 100, the Netflix and all that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, they're, they're going different directions. Um, I think what Nintendo did was right out of the gate, they focused exclusively on the casual audience, whereas Sony didn't really think they needed to, and Microsoft didn't really do it right. Yeah. Well, in, in my opinion, what, what actually happened is it's the gamers' perceptions that are messed up, to me, not Nintendo's. Nintendo, to me, has always made the same kind of games. They've made games meant for everybody to enjoy that anyone can pick up and play. Mm. That's what that's what Nintendo does, yep. and that hasn't changed even in this generation. Yet everyone always you always hear hardcore gamers, oh Nintendo betrayed us. They're making games. Well, they've always done that. Uh, yeah, so that's why that's I mean, why I think they're yeah. able to be successful that's, because forever Nintendo is associated. The word Nintendo is associated with simple fun. Mm. Yeah, that's Mario. Mario's a family game, yep. and I mean the only difference now is that they're actually succeeding in it. Mm. And I've said I've said it a thousand times before on this podcast. And I'll say it again. At what point did Nin- what point did Mario become a hardcore title? Yeah, blows <laughs> <laughs> my mind. <laughs> so, I mean, from the first party, from that's always been true. But there is a certain uh, there is a certain sector that thinks that it's not then it's not from Nintendo that this generation has moved away from the hardcore main audience. It's with third parties. And again, that's not necessarily true. I see Kith and the main focus is everyone, not just family. But um, I, I still believe that there is a sort of concerted effort away from hardcore gamers because you can't um, have everybody. When you say everybody, you don't include hardcore gamers because hardcore yeah. gamer tastes will always be slightly too on the edge. And especially with the, with the press we tend to get with our games, you can never have a game for everybody. So can you, um, here's here's my challenge, I guess, to everybody. Can you give me one hardcore by the tr- use this use the sense of the word as in how we define it for Xbox and PlayStation Three? Name one Nintendo title that's a hardcore title. If by by made by Nintendo first party that falls under that definition. The only thing I could possibly think about is um, Metroid. Yeah, Metroid. Yeah, I agree. So they have they have one title. I would also say the Legend of Zelda could also fit into that in certain times. In certain, that's true. That's true. But regardless, the the majority of their titles are have always been and always will be directed toward casual audiences. I mean, I would say Zelda is as well. Yeah, I would say directed, but I also don't think that they can... Um, Zelda and Mario don't share the same frame of reference in advertising. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, want- I think the main the main contention with Nintendo in terms of this generation, and, I mean, um, in terms of the numbers, I, I'm with them on this, is that, again, Nintendo has always continued what they're doing, and that includes the Wii controls. They've always tried to innovate on hardware peripherals. But the main contention is not with Nintendo this generation, although they're saying it because they own the system. It's with mm-hmm. other developers and third parties. So I'm I'm sticking to that point. And I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm even going to say consumers uh, because oh, if yeah. you think about it, this would happen no matter what. This would happen considering the way the industry is going. It wouldn't need Nintendo to do this. You know, old people are dying out. Young people are growing up. Young mm-hmm. people grow up with video games. 
they did so 40 years ago. Uh, they've gotten old now, and they're playing video games again because it's suddenly the big thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need Nintendo to, to go casual. I don't think you need these kind of games. I, I think um, all you need to do is wait. It's going to happen anyway, as long mm-hmm. as you keep going with the industry. That is the traditional arc of the entertain- of entertainment mediums. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. But how about, also, I would say, though, that there's there's a there's a tendency of when people grow up, like, for example, I don't like reading comic books anymore because I've just matured. Like, they don't appeal to me anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I, maybe that's kind of what happens, too, with gamers' tastes as well, is as they grow up, you know what I mean, they just mature in their taste. And so, I don't know, playing a, playing a game or whatever isn't as... Uh, appealing as it was when you were 13 you know i don't know yeah you crave more from your entertainment you crave deeper yeah. topics more mature themes yeah i mean that's definitely true of anyone that's well, and that's what's interesting is it, it seems it's gone the other way with with games yeah so no, that's interesting. No one's, no, I, i'm assuming no one's going to stand here and say that uh, nintendo tried to tackle serious issues in their games <laughs> no no <laughs> So I mean, no monarchs yeah. and courage, and <laughs> pot, pot. <laughs> yeah. but parasites um, and Metroid. I really, I really think that it's it's a huge nostalgia factor. Also, the Nintendo name has been around for so long. Right. Mario has been around for so long. So when dad and mom sees the game, they go, "Oh, I remember that," and uh, maybe our kids would like to play this. And, oh, maybe we could buy this new thing that will help us get healthy, uh, you know, at the same time as having fun. And I, I really think it's, it's, it's a perception. Um, I don't think they would dislike necessarily playing the casual games of a PS3 or a 360 anymore. Uh, I think it's just that's the one they chose based on everything else they've heard. And uh, mm-hmm. The Nintendo brand is definitely strong within its yeah. own, within its own yeah. created things. Let me, let yeah. me tell you this also, though. Just recently, I had a I had a couple of uh, students in my program come over, a couple of girls who don't play games or anything, and I had them play Trials of Tapak for the PlayStation Eye, mm. which is the pushing the ball around game. Yeah. And when they played it, they were like, "This is the most amazing thing I have ever seen." <laughs> like they were just like, "This is so cool. This is so much better than the Wii." Mm. That's what they honestly said to me, and, and they were like. Had- that has been what they said. They said, "How do how do I not know that this exists?" Actual quote: "How do I not know that this exists?" And I was like, "Well, because Sony has never advertised it." Mm. So, which brings yeah. us back to our point about advertising. So, <laughs> yeah, nice roundabout method there, Kip. Thank you. <laughs> yep, I can't disagree with that. I would say uh, that, I, uh, that that Tales of Tupac and those kind of games, they've been around for for. Uh, at least for Sony for quite a while now, I'd say six, mm-hmm. seven years since the yep. PlayStation I on the on PS2. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I personally think that Sony has the single worst advertising team of anybody ever. They just cannot show people. It took them how many years to make the commercial they finally needed to make from day one. The 299 commercial, where the guy's just like, it's a Blu-ray player, it's a movie downloading, it does this, it does this. It took them that long yeah. to make that commercial. It only commercial. does everything. 
Mm, I think yeah. even that is not properly advertising their system. It's not going to yeah. appeal to the casual space because you're still going to have people coming over to your place and saying, oh, my God, I've never seen this before. I know it can download Blu-ray, and I know I could watch hard yeah. uh, HD movies on it, but I never knew it had this. I yeah, mean, and, the way they, and the way they featured Little Big Plan is in the second commercial, or in the third. Uh, I mean, they didn't really talk about the functions at all. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so many worst advertising ever. Mm. <laughs> I think and that I think I feel like true for past generations as well. I don't think Sony yeah. has had the advertising muscle as definitely not Nintendo. Mm. I, I, okay, I, and, um, and it's always just it's always had this this elitist I, I feel like feel to it. Yeah, oh, and I mean that's like, why it appealed like, to me in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Man. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that, that's their problem, though, is that they they compete for casual audiences, and they do. They're, they're trying to sell to the the forty five year old dad, as much as they're trying to sell to the hardcore gamer. They are. Yeah. They're trying yeah. to sell the Blu ray player, and their problem is is they advertise in these eccentric, weird ways that blue collar dads and moms and shit don't like. Like, mm. so. I think that's actually one of the main deterrents of the Dreamcast as well. I mean, if you remember the teaser advertisements, it's just a mouth, up close mouth saying, it's thinking. And then when they actually <laughs> had the ads for it, it was just characters, you know, interacting it like normal people. Like they'd be mm-hmm. sitting at like a cafe talking about stuff. And then it would just yeah. say Dreamcast. And, you and, know, to, to a snobby European like me, that's the perfect commercial. That will sound, because that, that makes me remember it and, and check it out. But, no, it doesn't really talk about what it is. And sadly, Monster, the world is not full of snobby Europeans. Not enough. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Thank God. <laughs> it's basically just France, no. Scandinavia. Yeah. The other thing about that, though, is just that uh, it's, it's just, oh, my God. I just, I don't understand. Like, it's kind of like how Mercedes-Benz or something advertises. It's like, they don't advertise, and that's how they advertise. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like, Very much so. <laughs> it's, it's exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's, that's so anti what they're trying to accomplish. Mm. You know what I mean? When you're competing, when you're, when you're in an oligopoly, like they got in the game industry, where you have three competitors... And basically, like, four or five publishers competing against each other. You do not want the who are the elite of the group like, you don't want that you want to appeal to everybody and i think that's why sony is doomed to fail this uh generation and nintendo's Ooh. gonna win so major major gotten the food out i actually think that there is a method where elitism could favor for sony and i think it's gonna have i think it's never gonna happen because it's going to require them to absolutely change everything about their advertising company like hire you me and kip on and we'd actually <laughs> yeah. do it right <laughs> but I think a return to direct competitive advertising, like PlayStation does what Nintendo don't. I'm thinking that would, um, that's where you can utilize the we're superior, and the only difference between yeah. saying that now and saying it then would be we're superior, here's why. Mm, and yeah. just I think direct competition would be able to yep. utilize what Sony has now, but directly hit Nintendo and Microsoft and... Um, Get mo- get people like Mots with you know the blunt advertising, but get into consumers' heads with actual facts or just here's, you know um, just general. Here's here's a very good example of this: the Apple ads. Yes. Oh God, it, I'm a Mac and I'm a PC. Yeah. Yeah. I hate those commercials so. No, much. but they obviously worked. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's well, exactly also, what you're talking about. I mean, I'm, I'm not. Here I am defending Max, as usual. But, <laughs> I mean, t- everything they say in the commercials are true. Mm-hmm. And that's a fact of the matter. Like, you you don't have to deal with drivers. Like, yeah. that's that's awesome. <laughs> you know? But I'm even before... They, it works. Yeah, but even before the Mac and PC commercials, P, um, when the iMac first came out, a commercial I remember very, very vividly was just a turning camera to the back of a PC with all of its wires and all of its um, yep. and all of its cords oh, yeah. in the back of the iMac with just the single white cord. Yep. And then it would just <laughs> show awesome. Mac. That's but awesome. It could be very simple, <laughs> but direct comp- competitive advertising has worked for Apple in a way that no game company mm-hmm. can claim. Mm. And I think that direct competitive advertising, I think it worked for Sega. I think Sega yeah. was the first major competitive for Nintendo, and that's why. I think well, it'd be I mean, they really they stole the formula from Budweiser, Miller Lite, and Pepsi yeah. and Coke. You know, I mean, actually, I would like here's here's the commercial I'd like to see. Commercial I'd like to see right here, throwing it down. You got somebody holding a Wiimote, waving it around like just doing waggle with it. You know what I mean? And then you got like, and he's like the nerd. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then over on the other side, you got like the cool kid. Watching YouTube videos on his TV with his PS3, and not—I know you can do that on the Wii too—and like yeah. just going through the cross media bar, like, sh- and it's showing each thing that you can do, and like video chatting with his friends and doing all like the fun stuff while the other person's just still standing there wagging his Wii out. <laughs> yeah. It could be a million different things. Like my ad would be a guy playing, you know. Up, on, up, having a real fun time with the Wiimote once, and then just show him like on the couch, like doing a, a main action with the Wiimote, like six yeah. times, and then show him yeah. back doing it once, and then comparatively, you have the same guy doing the fun adver- uh, the fun playing throughout the advertisement, and then the end, the end tagline is um, PlayStation Three. Um, wouldn't you like to have more uh, fun more than once a year? Like, just, that would indicate, yeah. you know, that's a hardcore game. I mean, of course, it used to be Xbox commercials as well. All yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what it reminds me of? And the only commercial that's ever done this, and Nintendo actually didn't have anything to do with it, was the sexy girl versus the larger woman. <laughs> Remember that one? Yeah. Yes. That was exactly I, I, what, that's exactly what we're talking about, just the other way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, Sony has good material to advertise. They just are not smart enough to advertise it properly. It's, it's very simple, actually. Absolutely. Show a trailer of The Dark Knight on Blu-ray, and then at yeah. the end of it, say PlayStation 3. Yeah. It, 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 it's not that hard. Even that could get you, you know... But do you think this is the natural evolution of what Sony's doing now? Because they are saying it does everything. So I, mean, I, I think, I think they are on the right path. I just think they, they, they have very funny... Different commercials, but their commercials don't tell you anything about the system. Really. Yeah. It, it tells you that it does Blu-ray and everything. That's about it. Yeah. So I think to wrap up the conversation, I think what needs yeah. to happen is Kip and I and Mots need to be hired on to Sony's PR team, and then <laughs> everything will be good. You're leaving just that. Jesse can be on, too. <laughs> everyone on this podcast needs to be hired on to Sony PR right now. Yeah. We can um, guarantee sales up until the next generation. There we go. Let's let's not let's not ignore Xbox here. I think actually they've done a pretty decent job of of, uh, of uh, advertising their system. Absolutely, and I'm sorry we have been negating Xbox. And I think actually they they've done the same thing Sony has. They some of their ads speak nothing about the system, but they present an experience 
that everyone wants. Like the 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 commercial we all remember is the people running around the mall and or the outside area with their fingers as guns and just pointing at each other saying bang and they react, they fall down and they're shooting each other mm. and then it just shows Xbox. Like jump in. And that's a very it you don't need to know anything about the system. You know you're just gonna have this this kind of accelerating experience. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And you also have the um well, not not for the actual console, but they seem to advertise games much more. They advertise Rock yeah. Band and say yeah. on Xbox 360. Then they don't need to mention that it's also on the PS3. They just sure. said out now for Xbox 360. And you know, when you see the guys playing the instruments, that's that's great. That's that's going to get you a bunch of sales. They also did the the Halo commercial, which obviously worked, and uh, with the live action and the guy standing in front of the what was it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the old guy. Thank, yeah, thank you. What a workshop. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's, you know what's interesting is I've just been sitting here thinking is, uh, you know how we're saying that, you know, they should just advertise what it does. When you think about other commercials, barely any commercials actually show what a product does or what a product sure. is. And so maybe that, maybe we're completely off. Maybe that kind of advertising doesn't work. You know, maybe that's well, why I think the games it. market. I think the games market is very different from most consumer markets. And mm. I think what we're saying is, we haven't seen a commercial where it just says this is what it does. And since it hasn't worked, what they've done before, we're just offering things new that that could possibly be better. And in terms of what Sony's done in the past, pretty much anything could be better at this point. I mean, I, I'm going to disagree with that. Uh, products all the time just basically explain what it does and and have oh, sort uh, of. Cool visual. Yeah, head on, apply directly to the forehead. Head yeah. on, apply to the forehead. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, what does it do? What does it on do though? Shampoo commercials explaining why the sham that shampoo is better than the other because of some sort of microfiber bullshit. And you know, it's it's big it, They use it all the time, and it's just we don't pay attention but, because it's not important. That's the thing is nobody actually. Like it's it's like uh there's like a I can't remember who makes the joke. Some comedian though he talks about like during medicine. It, like the the complex the complex inner workings of a human being are just like oh it's Jerry Seinfeld he has a thing about how in medicine commercials when you take medicine it always shows the inside of a human being and all it is is a tube going down to a circle <laughs> like like these are the complex inner workings of the human being <laughs> yeah so, it's I don't know if they actually do it's just like hey look at this graphic it's shiny you know what I mean. <laughs> Like oh, they, it, it it infuses the microfibers. Like that doesn't that isn't what it does. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, they're still pretending cool. an intent though. What if I Sony? Mean, what if Sony and Microsoft started doing that? They were just like, oh yeah, it, uh, <laughs> like they just started making up shit. Like I blistering HD technology will enter <laughs> directly. Well, into your so, Sony already does. It does everything. Obviously, it doesn't. But you know, it's a statement nonetheless. I think advertising always has to have a ring of untruth to it. That's advertising. Yeah. And I think pretty much we're just picking out, you know, nitpicks at this point. But I think we've made all of our major points. I mean, uh, does anyone have one final... Um, I'd, like, I'd like to mention the um, the uh, Dante's Inferno EA advertising can- campaign. That's awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of have a thing. I like that, but I don't see how that works. Wait, you know? What are you guys talking about? Uh, um, well, Dante's Inferno, uh, EA's, you know, game based on the epic poem, had fake protesters at A3. I oh, did okay. not have yeah. I thought that was had, stupid like, as hell. Hell's out of video game, and, you know, fake Christian um, 
protesters, like they're everywhere now. And earlier than that, for The Godfather 2, they sent reviewers actual brass knuckles, which were illegal commodities. I mean, these are these are drum these are meant to drum up obvious controversy, and I think to an extent they work. But um, those that's another advertising campaign that's very lavish and gets your attention just in not so legal ways. I I see it as um I see it as ballsy, basically. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, as a, I, think I think it's stupid as hell. I, I, it's the dumbest shit ever. I think you're probably right about that, but I'm not going to deny that if I were there, I would probably stand there and laugh. Absolutely. It's stupid. It's ballsy. That's what advertising most of the time is. Yeah. No, it I, definitely I don't gets... find it ballsy. I don't find it ballsy at all. I find it, ins- if anything's insulting to the consumer, setting up a fake controversy about your game and trying to play it off as a real controversy, I don't think that's ballsy well, I mean, when they revealed later that insulting. it was fake... No, I mean, they sure, got busted. The they got busted that it was fake. They didn't pretend. They didn't say that it was fake. Actually, uh, I think they did. They got yeah, questioned, they and they, they said, "Yeah, sure, it's fake." Yeah, because they got busted, not because no, <laughs> they, they had to say it was fake. Yeah, like they can't lie. I can say those are real. They can't say those are real Christians out there protesting it without any evidence. Yeah, well, technically they could be Christian, but just not actually caring <laughs> about the game. I mean, there was a good chance that they were Christian of religious order, but still, I understand what you mean. Yeah, I mean, there is a certain stupidity to it, and you're always playing with fire when you try to do the controversy advertisements, but there's no doubt that they are effective. Mm. It definitely gets attention. Absolutely, and that's and uh, in the uh, end, that's what advertising is supposed to do. I mean, this doesn't this doesn't directly increase sales in every in, in, in any way but what it does it, it got me to pay attention to Dante's Inferno and I, it got me to go on a you know game channels or whatever and and see huh I'm, I'm actually going to check out what this game looks like yeah and it, it, yeah. it gets the name out there and I don't really think you can do wrong in advertisement as long as you you know no such thing as bad press right yeah yeah well just because that that doesn't make it right or good like, that doesn't oh, make no. it okay. It's because it works. I mean, f- fuck crack sells. That doesn't make it good. <laughs> no. But who says advertising needs to be good? I mean, this is a very interesting and often that's, dirty business. That's the topic of our discussion today. Yeah, absolutely. What advertising is good. Like, I, I, I'm not saying I think all advertising works. You know, yeah, if, you're, if I'm sense. showing you something, you're looking at it. Mm, but yeah. the, the point of our discussion is whether or not what advertising is good. And I don't think that's good advertising. I think so, that's stupid advertising. So do you, do, when you say good, do you mean ethical and moral, or do you mean you know effective? I'm saying all around. It's got to be mm. good. It, it can be effective, but it just might not. It still doesn't make it good. Like, well, okay, um, let's do another one. Uh, let's Real quick, I mean, we're running really high on time here, but we have a very, not necessarily moral, but we have an effective one. It's Ninja Gaiden 2. Uh, Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2 has had a bunch of viral and televised commercials. One, um, some, most of which feature on breasts. I mean, most recently we had a commercial where it's just gamers looking up and looking down, looking up, looking down, and then it just shows a picture of Ayame's breasts just bouncing, and then it's Ninja Gaiden 2. I mean, there we have some very upfront, direct catering advertisement that's usually quite effective. Yeah. Uh um, stupid. I'm right. not gonna say this is good advertisement because that would just be wrong of me. But uh, yeah, it's effective. I mean, if it works, who am I to stop them? You know. Um, I don't obviously, that's I, correlated with me more. Like, I don't know if me watching that commercial makes me want to buy that game anymore. It makes no, me want to watch that YouTube clip. 
No, yeah, but I but it, I mean that's how your mind works. You're an adult; you think rationally. Yeah. But when you have a kid, you just want to see. It. When you're a kid, you just want to oh. see those boobs jiggle all day. So the, yeah. I don't think we really want uh, to endorse the view that Ninja Gaiden Sigma is advertising to minors, which I don't think they are. I think sure. I, I think mean, they are. I think they're they're just being. I don't think they, I don't think any advertising wants to advertise to an to a, a, a legal age. For their products, every single, but almost every any advertisement of something cool is targeted toward eighteen to twenty-four year old males. Yep. Even if they're targeting toward thirty-two year olds or thirteen year olds, they're actually going to aim their advertisement at eighteen to twenty-four year old males because yep. everything cool is defined by those people. Yeah. Yep. And I'm happy to be in that bracket, so I, I feel yeah. special. Mm. But on the end, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the throne right now. I am the I'm the coolest guy there in the world right now. So. <laughs> we are the demographics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, then uh, all right, Kip. You seem to be the one that is. Um, I wouldn't say processing, but you you you're not. All these advertising are not sitting well with you. So, bring. Uh, what do you? What example of an advertising campaign would you bring forward as one that more uh, more developers, publishers, and companies should focus on? Um, well, I would say the. The Sony MLB The Show advertisement. It showed gameplay. What's that? The one with the two trains rushing towards you together? No, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is the one. I it was just some random baseball player, and he was like, "Oh, this game's so realistic." It, it it was it was it closed in on like a producer for Sony or something, a producer of a game, and it said, "This game's so realistic that so and so player can't hit the like inside fastball." And then it cut to the player, and he was like polishing his MVP trophy, and he was like, "What did you say?" And then it like went back, and it just was like an argument between them. And, it, and in between the argument, it was showing gameplay footage. That to me is like a perfect advertisement. It's funny, it's effective, and it made me care about the game. Like I was like, "Ha ha ha, that's interesting to me," you know. Versus it just coming out as like a random baseball game. Same thing with the Madden games right now. They're just that they're they're full of like quotes. They're like, "This is the best Madden in so long." Blah 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 blah. Here's gameplay footage. Here's what it looks like. That those are good advertisements. Yet Madden sales are down. Well, I mean, that's not because they're advertising. I mean, uh, that advertising hasn't changed. I mean, they've always been quotes, yeah. gameplay, quotes, gameplay. But um, and, the and advertising. Um, go ahead, Kip. And what what do you mean? How do you Madden sales are down? What do you mean? Well, uh, we had a news story about it, didn't we, Gavin? Um, well, we didn't have one to speak about this week, but. Um, uh, EAC, uh, CEO or uh, one of the heads of the department released a memo saying that Madden sales or anticipated sales are down. What that means is not because the sales are down into a unprofitable level. They're just comparatively down. And they mentioned just um, techniques to drive up sales for the holiday. Well, and it was and just that also like makes sense warning. because this, that also makes sense because who was on the cover of Madden last year? I don't know. Brett Favre. Yeah. And it was the tenth. It was the tenth or twentieth anniversary edition, as well. So of course, in comparison, dude, I know tons of people. I live right by Green Bay. Tons of people bought the game just because Brett Favre was on the cover. I mean, Brett Favre is. Look at the me. Look at the media. You know what I mean? Like, pe- yeah. Brett Favre. People love Brett Favre. <laughs> they will buy shit just because he's on it. So strange culture you guys have. <laughs> <laughs> And so. we're leading the world with it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. But okay, yeah, I can see your point. I mean, just direct quotes and gameplay, and we have a lot of that. Of just um, 
I remember Prince of Persia ads that did that. I remember a lot of games that did that. Not so much consoles because no one really, you know, has quotes that say, uh, have quotes on consoles that they can really put up, uh, with it. I mean, that's more of a game advertising, but how would you sell a system with that same kind of logic? How would I oh. sell a console? I, can I, how would you sell a console? About, can I what? jump, can I jump can in here? Sure, man. I'd, 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 I'd have a bunch of, um, you know, quick, fast images going through, you know, sliding uh, over the PS3, having it shine all nicely and looking at the screen with some games flashing. And at the same time, I would have words flashing up with, you know, some sort of cool sound effect and a voice behind it saying, Blu-ray, online play, um, you know, creative. Free. Yeah, free yeah. online play. Yeah, like just, you know... Bullet points, basically. Or like Microsoft, like Xbox Live, here's all the shit you can do with it, you know? Yeah. So, um, and then I'd also say in the Xbox commercials, like, yeah, dollars a year, which comes up to being a quarter a day or something, you know what I mean? Like, a, a 30 cents per week or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever it divides to or whatever. But I really think you... I really think you hit the nail on the head when you said that they need to com- compete in the commercials, like Apple was doing with, uh, with the yeah. PC. Mm-hmm. Direct competition so, uh, drives up sales. I mean, hmm. that's some, and that's something we had in the game industry. Why do uh, why do we think that that went away? Sega went down. Why didn't the next well, competitor, Nintendo, pick that up? That was obviously because successful. they. Well, was it? I mean, uh, to them, was that a bad? Obviously, it wasn't business? effective because Sega went down. Yeah, yeah. Sega <laughs> went down, but that but Sega had long distance themselves from competitive advertising. Like I said, the last console, the Dreamcast, had nothing to do with their competitors. They just showed game characters interacting like normal people. Whereas in the direct competition advertising heyday, it was very successful. And so uh, why do... I think the reason it's unethical, I don't think, that's why companies don't do that. And it also starts a war. What's that? Well, we we all know war is profitable, but um, why? uh, I was going to ask, why is it unethical? Wait, did you just compare real war to my metaphor? <laughs> Metaphoric war is always... Yeah, I did. Okay. I compared yeah, metaphoric I just wanted war to make to sure. metaphor. Just wanted to make sure. Okay. I, I, so. <laughs> I threw that out there. I am stepping up and proclaiming metaphoric war is similar to real war. Because okay. that's why we call it war. But go ahead, Kev. Why is it unethical to do direct com- uh, to com- competitive <laughs> advertising? <laughs> Why is it on it? Well, it's business ethics, not personal ethics. That's what you no. got to first understand, is that talking about business ethics. <laughs> if anybody's seen the end of uh, Billy Madison, then they know all about business ethics. <laughs> <laughs> that was a question you won on as a joke. Anyway, no, so I, I'm not saying personally it's uh, oh. it's unethical. I'm just saying that that's, like the, that's how business ethics work. You don't, you don't cut your competitor's throat. You just don't mm. do it. So... I don't know. I think just because you're asking for it, then you know what I mean. And well, they, they would rather just do it cleanly. I think that's the logic. I'm, I'm not a business major or anything. What, so. what, what Apple got, how Apple got away with it, I would say, is that they didn't mention Microsoft directly. They just said PC, so it could yeah. be Linux. It could, yeah. yeah, you know. That's why when the PC tried to do their commercials, Apple is now threatening lawsuits and other legal action. Yeah. So how would we do that in the games then? If we wanted, say we're in charge of Microsoft's ad campaign and we want to do a direct competition with the Wii and the PS3. um, What you do is just mention, uh, compared to our competition, 
we're much better, and here's why. You don't mm-hmm. actually mention the company's name or the, or the product's name. And well, an- another reason might be that they just don't want to advertise the other consoles. You know what I mean? Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. They might just not want it in the commercial. Also, you guys got to remember that they get about 15 to 30 seconds. You know what I mean? And do they want to spend that time advertising their product or degrading somebody else's product? Yeah. You know? So. That's true. I don't know. My, my, here's, my, uh, here's my way to make anything, anything competitive and better or whatever. Instead of showing constant, like the, the PS3 rumor commercial right now is on, God, I mean, it's, so, it's on so often. I mean, I yeah. see it on some, on some times I see the commercial every single you yeah, know, commercial. Every, for, yeah. yeah, every single break. Here's what you do instead. You make, instead of having one, like, 20-second long commercial, you get one 45-second long commercial or something like that. And you just show it during extremely high-profile things. So instead of me getting hammered with a PlayStation commercial 35 times a week and hearing the exact same thing, you show one big commercial during the Super Bowl. Or Lost or whatever. Or Lost or Monday Night Raw because it's the number one show on television every week. Or, you know what I mean, whatever. Mm. So that's what I would do, and just show one of those rather than every freaking just showing the same commercial a million times because I think that builds uh, consumer resentment toward your product. Yeah, I agree with that. What about um, instead of producing a single 30-second commercial, you produce three or four TV spots of 10 to 15 seconds, and then you intersperse those during regular programming and – Again, and probably have a longer version of one of them for the um, big advertising venues. I think you need to do more. I think you need to do upwards of 10, because that sort of, if someone sees a, a new one, then they oh, I didn't know this was out, and yeah. or, oh, I, I haven't seen this one, and they'll actually look forward to seeing it again or seeing the next one. So is more it, smaller it, better if, than one big? Um, more along the same line, yes, but different. Other um, jokes, yeah. other, all that stuff. All right, I think we should wrap up right here. Yeah. yeah final you. final thought: Every single console needs a jingle. Work for Subway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're good with that. I think that's a good enough yeah. point to round out on. So this yeah. has been episode twenty three of Elder Speak, the official podcast for Elder Geek.com. I am Gavin, the news editor for the site. With me this week was Jesse. Bye. Say bye. <laughs> uh, Kip. I'll be seeing you later. <laughs> and Mots, uh, why don't you lead us? Uh, why don't you lead us out, Mots, with your pimps and final goodbye there? All right. Well, uh, usual pimps, join the Facebook group, subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, rate and review the podcast. Um, jo- yeah, subscribe to us on Twitter, follow us on Twitter, um, and um, and uh, start commenting more on the on the site, uh, on all the articles and the news and all that stuff, because we really love it when you do that. And I'm sure you do too, because you know we'll respond to you, or another user will respond to you, and it'll make you feel all important and and feel like you have a place in the world, despite you know sitting in your grandmother's basement with a wink in your hand. So it, it'll give you something to live for. That's what I'm basically saying. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. To so live for our website. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> bye. Later, guys. Thanks for listening. I love it. Total Carnage!